Welcome to Lineouts by Earful of Dirt, bringing you conversations with rugby newsmakers about the greatest sport on the planet. Welcome to Earful of Dirt Lineouts. I'm your host, Aaron Castro, down from the mountaintop that was the MLR final. But we've got some really cool stuff uh, for, I guess, our off-season content already. Uh, I have the referee that had the whistle in his mouth on the day, many moons ago, it seems, uh, that they played rugby sevens on the bachelorette, Jude Kerrison. Yes, they tried. They tried to play rugby sevens on the bachelorette and I, I was there. I, I admit, I admit that much. <laughs> So, um, what's your rugby background outside of, you know, being the most hated person on the pitch for 80 minutes? <laughs> well, I was born in uh, Limerick, Ireland, uh, in the shadows of uh, Thoman Park. And uh, I grew you're up playing rugby. You're, uh, you're Irish. You don't, yeah, I don't sound don't. it. I know. I'll get to that, Aaron. Um, All right. I, uh, yeah, I grew up playing uh, until I moved to the United States when I was 11. Uh, to New Hampshire, and that's an odd jump from Ireland to New Hampshire, but one we made. And uh, I started playing football and stuff, and then when I went to college, I picked rugby back up, and I played rugby pretty consistently since 1999 until um, I was finally crushed by the burden of having four kids and had to retire with bad knees. Uh, in the past few years, um, so I've played pretty consistently for 14 odd years. It's 14, 16 years, somewhere in that range. And uh, I've been a rugby fan my whole life. Um, earliest rugby hero was Simon Gagan playing for Ireland, and um, follow Munster very closely. I follow Irish rugby very closely, um, and yeah, so it was. And I also happen to follow The Bachelor closely, and I will admit that to just about everybody. <laughs> so when those two worlds intersected with a uh, with the rugby club that I've been associated with for 14-odd years, uh, there was no way that was going to happen without me being involved in some <laughs> way, shape, or form. <laughs> that's that's kind of awesome. So. Yeah. So you you're a New Englander. Are are you yep. gonna buy season tickets to the New England Free Jacks? Yes, I, I I'm I want to get up there and watch it. I'm I'm gonna give you a little bit of a want want moment when uh, they were supposed to. There was uh, some games going on with Munster and Leinster, and everybody was involved in April. Yeah, and uh, I had tickets all ready to go, and um, Leinster were playing uh, Munster, and then I was going to be watching all the other games, and my dog died, so that was a, <laughs> ah. a bad, bad time for me. So, curry a little bit of sympathy from your listeners there, and now they won't feel so, uh, you know, they won't break me across the coals so bad. But yeah, no, uh, I, I want to get up there because friends of mine have brought their kids up, and have, have said it's great, great uh, event. So, I'll be there. Yeah, that. That'll be great uh, to see, uh, I guess, professional rugby enter the throes of New England. Hopefully uh, they yep. go, go with some winter rugby because I'm all about rugby in the snow, apparently. Yeah. Um, but uh, so the Bachelor, Bachelorette series, okay. Uh, 
so how does it get to uh, Newport, Rhode Island, and we have this game with, well, 13 interesting characters. Decide, yeah. um, although I really wish they had just uh, they'd, like done it earlier in the se- in the show so you would get, get them to play 15s against saying Newport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or have have, a, have enough guys present. So it, it was there was a lot of there was a lot of correspondence um, between the producers and a couple of members of our club, and there was a lot of details that were trying to get fleshed out. But they they were coming to Newport. They were coming to Newport whether we were involved or not. And one of the ideas that they had for a date, quote unquote, was uh, was a rugby game. And come to find out. The producer who produced this episode was—he's uh, from South Africa. He played uh, rugby in high school, and then um, he had summered in in Newport and Middletown in Rhode Island. So he was familiar with the area and familiar with Newport Rugby Club. So that was his idea, and they've been trying to do a rugby event or date or whatever you want to call it for a while. And so we just kind of started putting the pieces together and um, seeing what we could come up with. And, you know, Fort Adams was a cool location and, um, you know, they, they seemed interested. Um, but it was it was it was a lot of like kind of murky details until the day of the actual event itself. And there was, you know, some surprises sprung on, on us as a, as a group, um, you know, with the. The big one that's getting all all the attention <laughs> is the leggings and the eye black, and I just uh, you know, I, to me it wasn't that big of a deal. We did say to the guys, yeah, you don't really, you know, it's not really, you don't really wear eye black like that, and you know, you shouldn't wear leggings. They're not really allowed. But like I said, this was uh, this was this game wasn't exactly street legal. Hey, you told, I, I remember you said no water breaks, so you should have like. Because for men's rugby, there is no tights allowed at all. In women's rugby, there is. I'm very jealous of, of the so women you, who, who got when that, that win. When that speech happened, you know, I'll, I'll let you into the magic of Hollywood here. Um, they, What happened was they shot, all showed up. But before they had shown up, me and my two uh, associates, uh, Brian Moore and Brandon Smith, we're standing there and the producers were asking us questions. Um, what's your favorite thing about rugby? What's, you know, what do you look for in a new teammate? What don't you tolerate on a rugby field? Like all these questions and we were answering them and they were filming us answering these questions. And then, you know, then we went back to what we were doing and then the guys showed up and then we came up and then, we were supposed to deliver certain things to the guys. So that's a, it was a totally cut up. Uh, I was heavily edited. Uh, I I, I mean, I know how this, I know how TV works as you give you, it's, it's all shock jocking, right? They're going to give you just only part of it. And uh, I'm guessing, you know, you were out there for at least a couple of hours. Oh, we were out there all day. We were there. We were there from nine o'clock in the morning until seven o'clock at night, and wait, it was cold. It was wait, cold. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. You had these dudes playing sevens for no, no. I we they were not. We were 
So we were, we showed up, we got everything all set up. We had, we had lined the fields. We had done all that stuff. Newport rugby club had done that in the weeks leading or the week leading up to the game. And then we were out there and they wanted to show some B roll stuff. So they were out there filming us playing against ourselves. And then there was a little bit of a break and then it was okay. The guys are coming. The guys are coming soon. And then they wanted us to be playing a game when the guys came up the, the ramp and into the fort to see what was going on. And so we were playing a game um, and then the guys came up and they shot the little introduction deal. And then we dove into a practice and in, in leading up to the event, we had asked, all right, how do you want this practice to go? Because are you looking for certain things? What are you, what are we doing? And they said, just treat these guys like they're like they're at the time, 14 new players for Newport rugby club and take them through a practice. So we were like, great, that's what we'll do. And then cut to the day of, it was like, we want to see this, this, and this. And we practiced with them. If you want to call it a practice for about an hour, you know, if you're showing up with 14 guys that are going to play in a game a couple hours later, you're probably not going to spend half an hour teaching them how to do drop kicks, but that's what they wanted to see. And that's, that's what happened. So um, we did the practice. There was a little bit of a downtime where they went to the dressing rooms and then they all emerged in there in what you saw them in. Um, 1960s. Yeah. Long sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. They were basically in like, you know, you'd expect to see in black and white pictures. Um, but the interesting thing about all that was we the, the the crowd that was outside was there for four hours. There was 2,000 people that piled into this place, and they stood outside for four hours. So they all came in, and they, they set up around the field, dangerously close to the playing field, and they were going crazy. I mean, these people, these people were going waiting for four hours and were dying to see anything related to the Bachelorette. So – it was uh, it was quite an environment. I'll put it that way. Ah, uh, so, so who had the eye black with them? I the the, the production people must have. So there was a lot of like it was it was really funny because there's the, there's the producers who don't know anything about rugby and don't know anything about sport in general. You know, like we were we were trying to explain to them a line out and because they wanted to see the guys getting lifted up in the air. They thought, oh, that's, that looks really cool. And it's like, yeah, but we can't teach them how to do that in like five seconds. Somebody's going to get landed on their head and break their spine. So we were saying, you know, a line out is when you throw the ball in, like, you know, in soccer. When you And as soon as we said, like, in soccer, when – and the director said, no, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and it was like we were dealing with people that didn't know anything about sport in general – so they had their ideas in their head of, you know, I said to them, listen, I look like I should be wor- working at Foot Locker and not refereeing a rugby game. Like this isn't what a rugby referee would wear. And they say, yeah, but that's what our audience thinks of a referee. So it's like, all right, okay, I'll play along. But they had those types of things and the like the ball they had, um, you know, they per- they brought the balls and they had literally just painted them white, painted over Gilbert because they couldn't have the uh, advertisement on it. Um, so it was stuff like that. You know, we have Canterbury sponsored jerseys and 
They put gaff tape over the the the, the CCC logo. And the guy that did the tape, like he's just like production guy with like five thousand rolls of tape on his belt, and he takes out a sharpie. And he's like, "I'm gonna do a little design on it," and he just like draws, draws a little wave, and it's like, "Okay, yeah, that looks cool, dude." Um, but they did that, but they didn't do the shorts. They did, you know. We have sponsors, and uh, 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 Joseph Joe Fitzpatrick here in Newport, um, pay me for that, Joe. Um, he he has logos on, on our gear. And we were joking with him after the event. We were like, if any of those logos got on TV, like you got, you got to pay us. Like we're with five grand per logo that we got you on TV. Um, so yeah, it was, it was the production team produced a, a, a lot of, of what you saw involved there. So, so what you're telling me is they didn't want to spend money on editing and the, on editing or no free ads is what I was told. Well, I understand, like the no free ads, but they could instead of just hey, let's just tape it up because they did that with uh, I guess her her date to the Celtics facility. Like yeah. they uh, they had the the ad that was whatever the ad was in the corner, and they put something on that, and I was like, yeah. oh, come on, that that's yeah. just that's just whack. <laughs> uh, so, all right, so that's what what dealing with uh, Bachelorette production is like. So, yeah. so you get there. You're yep. going through this practice. How are you thinking way before? Okay, so so during the practice, since, yep. since we're going to do this, yep. what was Luke P like? Douche, just the douche. Really? Like, it's pretty oh, yeah. As soon as he, I saw him, I was like, he, like he's short, he's jacked, he's very jacked. Um, credit where credits do. Um, and I was like, this kid, he could be a player. Um, but he would not listen to anything. Um, he kept on, you know, tackling in rugby, go cheek to cheek. You put your head behind the ball carrier and we were doing tackling drills and everything. He was shooting right in his face, right in front. And I, two or three times I took him aside and I was like, listen, man, you've got to get your head behind. Somebody's going to be running down the field full speed. Their knee's going to come up. Your head's going to go in front, and you're going to be sleeping on the field. I've seen it happen. And it was like, no, oh, no, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. And by the third time I told him, I was like, this motherfucker, I hope he gets knocked out, I swear to God. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, he was like that. My, the, my favorite story was when he was – during practice, they brought out like a case of water, just, you know, individual water bottles – and he, everybody's grabbing them and taking swigs out of them. And he said, when, without a hint of sarcasm or, or joking at all, he said, um, does anybody have a marker? I don't want to share water with any of these guys. And my buddy, Adam Costa, goes, what do you care? You guys are all kissing the same girl anyway. And <laughs> we all, Newport rugby guys, started breaking up, and not one other person laughed. Except for the camera guys. The camera guys were laughing, but none of the contestants and none of the production people thought that was funny at all. Um, so they, they took it pretty seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so so who, like, I guess up to this point, who was the, the one dude where you're like, this guy is the least whack. Like, I might, yeah. let, him, I might let him get within five feet of, you know, my sister. Honestly, most of the guys were cool. I will be honest with you. Like, they were just regular guys. I mean, they showed up, so they all ran up the ramp. And, you know, 
they're used to this by now, but they all ran up the ramp and they're standing in front of me. And I was like to the guy next to me, I was like, they look like a pack of puppy dogs. They were just up there wagging, like happy to be there. Like, wait, guys, what are we doing? Oh, this is awesome. Rugby, cool. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, who, who are you? What? How long have you lived here? Like, they were so goddamn enthusiastic about everything that you really couldn't help but like them. Like, they were, they seemed like cool guys. Um, and some of them were, you know, at, seemed like athletes. They were all in shape, and you know, so a lot of them were were cool. I liked. Um, uh kevin with the guy who hurt his shoulder i think it was um he was real interested in rugby i wouldn't be surprised if he picks it up like he was asking a lot of good questions um he seemed like he had watched some before and, and knew a little bit about certain things um a guy garrett um he could kick the ball goddamn mile he, he was a punter in high school and i i played 10 and i punted in high school as well so we kind of bonded over uh, over trying to get a spiral out of the out of a rugby ball and drop kicking. Um, so he was cool. Um, Dylan, um, it was somebody who impressed me over the course of the day. Um, he was uh, when he showed up, he just looked like he'd be blown away in the wind. And uh, he he had a lot of heart. Like he was tough. Like you know, he, he was in there. He was he was the guy on the green team that scored an intercept try. And I was like running after him. I'm going to call it, you know, call the score. I was like, yes, go Dylan. I was, I was psyched for him. Um, but most of them were, were cool guys. And, uh, you know, they seemed happy to be there, but you know, they, they knew they were on camera too. So take that for what it's worth. Got it. So, so we get to the game, right? Yep. What are you before? So, so what is going through your mind in this, I guess, they have 14 guys or was it 13? No. no. So I, I can't, I can't even remember right now, but I think it was, did we have 14 and one of them was hurt? I think like, cause no, I think it was like 13. Cause the guy, there's always the person that doesn't go on the group date. So yeah. you probably had this, you probably had to put a dude out there maybe. So it was maybe it would have been 13 then. And there was one guy who was hurt from a previous roller derby date. Uh, so he had an injured ankle and wasn't allowed to participate, which I thought, why would you send him on this date then for him to stand on the sidelines? But that's neither here nor there. Um, so we had these guys and it was already going to be mismatched teams. And um, the, the, I was like panicking because I saw what happened at the training session that we were supposed to have like, you know, full access to them they, where they said, we're going to let you do this practice and we'll just film it. But that's not what happened. So, you know, how's the game going to restart? Uh, you know, what happens if I call a penalty? What happens if I call a free kick? What happens if somebody scores? What happens at a ruck? Where's offside? All of this stuff that we did not get to go over with these guys and now there's 2,000 people in there expecting a game, and these guys are getting all psyched up. And I'm like, I need to talk to them like for like two seconds at least to be able to say this is what I'm looking for and this is what I'm going to do. And I just told them, like, listen, just listen to me. I'm going to try and let you guys do whatever you want within reason, but just listen to me. If I tell you to get back, get back. If I tell you to drop the ball, fucking drop the ball. I mean, so I was – kind of panicking there a little bit. Um, 
uh, because I knew that this, you know, they didn't know how this was going to go. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess, I mean, maybe the boys didn't, but I would think that uh, these producers should, because uh, every time you watch an episode, it's always a, a shit show. Yeah, it is. But they knew that they would be able to cut it however they wanted to cut it, you know? So they, you know, they all they wanted to do was get some big hits and some big runs and some, you know, s- some things that they could put into the rest of the um, episode so that it looked like it was a, it was an actual game going on. So they didn't need for it to be a, a 14 minute, you know, compelling game. They just needed a couple of moments. And I only realized that after watching the episode, I was like, oh, yeah, they didn't give a shit what it actually looked like on the day. They just wanted a couple of highlights. So for, I guess, uh, for the conduct of the game at this point, just just in general, for a bunch of nobodies who had never seen a rug, an egg in their life. I mean, they probably saw the brown one, but they didn't see the white one. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, how how do you think the game for for you know guys who just picked up a rugby ball like two hours before? How do you how do you think that went? I thought it went pretty pretty well, better than what I expected. So it, I mean, the guys, you know, under that amount of pressure, being on national TV, that playing your first game in front of that many people, I was expecting that with a painted ball. By the way. On a 38 degree day, I thought there was going to be, you know, knock ons upon knock ons upon knock ons, but their handling was pretty good. Their rucking was, or not, their rucking was non existent. Their running was good. Their tackling was good, albeit a little bit high. Um, but they overall, their effort was like top notch. I mean, you die for to have, you know, a, a, a New England rugby club will be so lucky to have a couple of guys off of that team show up to their next practice, you know? So it was, uh, you know, I think overall they did really well. They deserve a lot of credit for, you know, putting forth the effort that they did, Um, you know, but it was, it was certainly as a, a rugby enthusiast, you would not have been satisfied watching what happened when the game kicked off. Well, well, no, because I mean, uh, I, I think uh, you know, uh, a fellow Twitter man, P Wagon Six, uh, had some things to say about about the refing. He's uh, yeah. he, he has apologized. <laughs> I, I accept his apology. But move so, forward. So I mean, refing's a hard hard thing. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, I'll never want. I never want to be a ref. Although I I get told that I need to. Oh, you're you. Well, we got you coach certified now. Now we need to get you rest certified. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm 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 good, man. But but I understand you guys have a have a hard job uh, to do out there. So do you think that compared to normal goons? I mean, I love I love my fellow rugby players, but we tend to we can be pretty mean to refs too. But um, from normal rugby players, do you think? That this group of rugby, this group of new rugby players, dealt with the referee correctly, um, without yeah. having any idea how to deal with a referee. In yeah, I I think that they, you know, if we were playing basketball and I made some calls, they probably would have turned around and been like, "What the fuck?" Like I didn't foul him, I didn't touch him. 
they didn't know any of the rules to even question. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's not like I, is, I just – in the game too, I just let everything go. I mean, it was like I said advantage, I said advantage, I said advantage, advantage over, and we forgot about that high tackle. Um, because if I had called everything, there wouldn't have been a game. It just would have been, I mean, every two seconds we would have, we would have stopped. So it was a liberal advantage. And I was like, just pick it up and go, just pick it up and go and go. And they did. Um, it wasn't really like anybody questioning calls. Um, you know, uh, it was, it was immediately apparent. Like I, I put this on Twitter, like it was immediately apparent that they didn't know what they were doing when the game kicked off. And I immediately knew that I was going to have to like invent a different version of rugby on the fly when the first tackle happened and about three guys piled in and they're all just arms around the ball rolling around on the ground. Uh, so, like, it's like a, so it's like a fumble. It was a fumble ruski play, yeah, <laughs> with like, you know, or over half of the participants of the game involved in a fumble ruski play. So I was like literally pulling guys out by their collars and saying, let it go, let it go, let it go, and then pointed at one guy, you pick it up and go. And that's how most of the the, the breakdowns went. So it was don't dive on the ball, don't leave it, uh, roll away, get away. They didn't know any of that stuff. Um, so, you know, like I said, they didn't have, they didn't know enough about the game to question anything. I, I said, I could have really said anything and they would have, you know, had that same puppy dog enthusiasm. Okay, sir, let's go. Um, but that's the, that's the way. It went. So, so, so let's get into the, the no yellow card on Luke P. You, you, I know you said on, uh, on Twitter that you were nowhere near this, like you and your ARs were nowhere near this side of the field when this, uh, yeah, off the ball altercation occurred. Yeah, I mean, so you got to take into consideration here. I, I have, I have no assistance from anybody on this. And if you go back and look at the footage, and I have, um, you can see when it pans across, we're at the other side of the field, literally the complete other side of the field. When this happened in the game, I didn't know about it, and then after the game. One of the guys was acting totally butthurt. I can't remember his name, Luke, whatever. And I was like, what's his deal? And one of the rugby guys was like, the other dude dumped him on his back and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, when was that? And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, blah, blah. And I didn't see anything. I didn't know anything about it. So I was like, afterwards, I was like, how did I miss it? How did I miss that if it actually happened? And I actually feel vindicated by seeing the footage from what happened because it was just so far away from the actual play. I mean, it was, it was comical to, to think that had anything to do with the play that was going on uh, on the other side of the field. So we've talked about the boys. Did you get to meet Hannah? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Is she cool? She was cool. She was like, they were super enthusiastic, super, super happy to be there. Um, she was, had an unusual amount of energy. Um, apparently she, she was in new, she was in Boston. Um, she was in Boston until four o'clock in the morning, the night before. And then she showed up about 11 o'clock on the day that we were filming and she was bouncing off the walls. 
And so she was there and very enthusiastic, you know, super nice, super big smile, talking to everybody, seemed, you know, like she was very happy to be there. And then um, we did the practice, did the guys, did all that stuff. And then there was a break and apparently she went and took a nap. Uh, and I only know that because one of our guys, the Newport rugby guys, was looking for the craft services and went into the wrong room. And she was taking a nap on a couch and he was quickly ushered out by her, <laughs> whoever her assistant was. Um, and then she woke up and uh, the game time came around and, you know, the crowd was in there and she comes running in. And they all went nuts. And she did about six laps of the field, giving high fives and like doing cartwheels and just bouncing off the walls. And this went on for about 15 minutes. And I was standing there in shorts and a T-shirt and 38 degrees. And I said to the guy next to me, I'm like, how long is this going to go on? Can we get this game going here? Um, but, yeah, she seemed nice. She uh, was very happy to be there. And uh, she was an active participant in everything that you saw. Did any one of your clubmates try to get her number? No, no. You would ne- you. The, the funny thing about this whole event, and you know, being a fan of the show as I am, again, um, to, to to witness what the actual scene is like is is bizarre because they call it a date, but there's like no way to get like one on one time with anybody. And she was like flocked by assistants and, you know, production people everywhere she went. You, you, they were within arm's reach of her at any, at any point in time. So it wasn't like, hey, just sidle up to her and be like, hey, you know, what's up, girl? Like, it wasn't, there wasn't any of that type of stuff going on for sure. That's interesting. Uh, I mean, it's totally, I guess it is a TV show and she's, you know, the star and it's, it's just, I don't know. It's it's sort of a watching it. It's sort of a microcosm because my girlfriend is like all in on the show, and I just yeah. sort of watch it sometimes to uh, see the tra- train wreck of humanity. And I've learned just to in- interrupt you there for one second. I've gotten a lot of texts, a lot of direct messages, a lot of emails from guys saying, "Hey, I'm I'm watching The Bachelorette with my girlfriend." with my wife it's always qualified by i'm not watching it by myself and i just saw you so with all people that they wanted to say hey jude i saw you on tv but i'm not going to admit that i watched the bachelorette so i'm here to say it's okay guys you can admit it. Watch the show. i watch it too okay don't be afraid to not say it. <laughs> oh, man. so so you guys got to do that did they uh yeah. has there been well, i guess um i mean I think I tweeted this, but real question. Did you guys get anything out of that? We got some money. The The club got some money. I personally did not get anything other than uh, some fun stories. And my kids really liked watching me on TV. Um, it, we got some my, very, 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 very small amount of money. Whatever you think it is, probably like cut it by two thirds. Um, it, it was it wasn't enough to cover what we actually physically did setting up for the day, setting up the field and, uh, and, and providing our time. But you know what? We were out there. A lot of the guys that 
are involved in the club came out and we just were having a day together. I mean, it was like we had little, one little room in the side of the of Fort Adams and um, like you didn't really want to go in there with what was going on in that room all day, but everybody was having a blast and we had a really fun time. And, you know, I, a lot of people were giving us a lot of grief on uh, on certain message boards and, and, and uh, social media. But I think any other club uh, around would have done the same exact thing that we did and enjoyed I it. I don't really remember, but did you at least say who you guys were in the episode? Because that would have been the key they, part. They did. They, they, uh, I think so. They were supposed to. Um, now I don't remember. Um, I really just watched it for myself. Because that, be um, that would be the, I guess, the the exposure, yeah. you know, the va- the actual value, right? Yeah, it was, it was, that's what it was. And I, and that's what they trade on apparently because they don't pay anybody like a great deal of money. Um, and they weren't very well organized either. I think that that was the thing that I came to learn because they didn't know what was going to happen um, until they, their team got together and wrote, you know, the ideas for the show on like Wednesday and we shot it on Friday. So it was like all this time that we were leading up, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And they're like, well, this is what we're thinking. And then it would change and it would change again and it would change again. And talking to the people that run Fort Adams, you know, there's, there's music festivals that happen there. There's a lot of big events that happen there. And they were like, man, these people don't know. We don't know what they're doing. We don't know who's handling their power. We don't know who's doing craft services. We don't know who's doing any of this stuff for them. And we don't know if they know either. Um, so it was all kind of, you know, fly by the seat of your pants a little bit there, you know, um, which was interesting to witness. So that's pretty cool. Uh, well, uh, so how many games let's let's talk about refereeing so how many games do you referee a year are you one of those guys that uh you know gets around the paddock you know twice no, no I, I well i guess this is a mis misconception but th- i don't referee i'm not a rugby referee oh, you're, you're, you're not a no i'm, I'm oh, not wow. i've okay. refereed some b-side games when i you know in my bare feet after i played a side um <laughs> but th- no this was like we needed some personalities to be on TV. And so they were chosen from the ranks of Newport rugby. And uh, I was uh, suggested to be referee. So I literally the day before I went out and I bought, um, I, I, we couldn't find flags. So I had to buy, buy like AR flags and, and cards the oh, day man. before. Like every, uh, like every rugby club, the AR is like the guy is like, Hey, you're going to be touch judge today. Here's yeah. A towel. Yeah. Here's exactly. A towel that uh, you so, got, you're gonna use as your flag. Oh man. <laughs> oh, that's. Uh, yeah. So shout out Rugby Imports in, in uh, East Providence, Rhode Island. Um, that's where I got my cards and my flags <laughs> that I didn't use. <laughs> so a misnomer. Jude Carson is is not a rep, yeah. but he was. I'm here to I'm here to set the record straight. <laughs> he was that day. <laughs> that's that that's good. That is some good stuff. So uh I, I guess the, so now we gotta when do you think Luke P gets cut? 
I don't. I think they're going to take him a long way. Um, I think he he'll be involved uh, because it's good television. I think uh, I've I've learned that the uh, production has a lot of input into these decisions, and uh, so I I anticipate him staying around for a while. So 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 you I mean, admittedly you said you were a fan. I I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a fan, but I've watched enough over yeah. the past like couple of years now yeah. um, that I do not understand the amount of train wrecks that are put onto the show because the drama, if you just put catches on the show that will just be organic, yeah. right, will be perfectly good enough. But then you got to bring in some, you know, got to bring yeah. some mentally unstable people into the show. Yeah. I think the every year the, uh, the stakes rise. And, um, you know, you got to keep them up until four o'clock in the morning and make sure they're sleep deprived and feed them uh, copious amounts of alcohol uh, so that decision making is uh, greatly impaired and uh, and then mush them all together in one one house. And uh, I think it's it's makes for fascinating television. <laughs> I will say I prefer The Bachelor to The Bachelorette. Um, most of the time I'm like these dudes should be a little bit more rational about what's going on. Well, um, I, think it, it, I mean, I would say a couple of seasons ago, guys, like it, the guys are getting more irrational Yeah, as we go. Yeah. But I, I, yeah. just seeing how on the bachelor, on the bachelor is gone. Like I would say the irrationality that happens there is just, you know, it's sort of kind of normal. Yeah, it's expected. Um, I also there when you're on the show, you have the potential of then going on the Bachelor in Paradise show, which is you're on vacation in Mexico or wherever it is. Um, hey, they're filming right now. Yeah, yeah, right they're filming in Mexico. So, so go nuts on the Bachelor. Make some drama. Make some good TV. Be bankable, uh, where the producers know that you're going to produce some content. And then uh, get voted out, and then you head off down to Mexico, and uh, and so your solely so your wild oats down there for a little while. Um, doesn't sound so bad, but again, I'm in a different situation, I guess. <laughs> well, Jude, uh, thank you for your time. Um, My pleasure. Anyone who wants to like view it live. Um, or not live, but on delay, you can check it out on YouTube. Uh, you're full of dirt rugby podcast. Uh, so again, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. This has been line outs by Earful of dirt. Connect with Earful of dirt online. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Earful of dirt. You can email us at earful of dirt at gmail.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679. For Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for listening.